It's February 9th, 2023, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the last podcast with Rogue Architecture. It was fun getting getting to talk to Jeremiah and finding out more about him and how he is, I guess, progressing in his business. It it is. I was amazed at just how much he was he was actually doing. I don't I don't know about you, Matthew, but it just was like, how do you have time to do anything else? You know, there there's just some people that you talk to, and he's like, oh yeah, we've got a kid, and and we've got three different businesses, and all this other stuff. And I'm just like. From personal experience, just having, I mean, for, just from twins, like I, I, between the twins and trying to just run a, a one-man band out of my game room is 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 more than enough to keep me fully occupied for, I mean, it's a time sink. I can put as much time into it as I, as I want. So I, I don't know how he has time to do like four, three or four businesses on top of all that. And oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, it was very impressive. Yeah, and it probably helps now that his kids are older, so it's not probably not qu- quite as as hectic as it might be. But but still, I, I post will pop up pretty late sometimes, and I'm like, you know, just like the rest of us, you you have your business, you just run it and keep going. But yeah, it was it was it was interesting to talk to, and it's always interesting to talk to other architects. But for today's podcast, what we want to talk about is really isn't. I guess it's architecture, maybe, <laughs> kind of architecture. What we want to talk about is what to expect when you call an architect, because for residential architects, we get we get plenty of calling where it's usually their very first conversation with an architect ever. I mean, they've they've been referred to us from someone, and that conversation ends up having this kind of first time, you know, rhythm. And they're always hit certain certain talking points when we're talking with new clients. So what we wanted to do is we thought, well, you know, hey, let's have that first time conversation on the podcast today to help clarify what to expect from an architect on that initial call. So if you're calling in, what do you expect us to be asking you? What do you, you know, what are you going to be expecting to talk about? So we'll talk about the introducing yourself and sort of feeling out the scope of a project and then talk about participating in the design process because that is really its own animal. And then we'll end on reading through the proposal, meeting in person, and any of the other frequently asked questions. And there are any number of frequently asked questions, and we're probably not going to cover everything. So when we're done, you guys feel free to to share some of your your questions with us. To start with, it's that that introduction with with a client and and talking about scope because I I'm always shocked in some well not always shocked but shocked in some ways when someone is calling. And they're calling us first because that that doesn't always happen. Usually, we are the second or third person that they're talking to. And in my experience, and I was I was doing some mapping, project mapping to figure this out where, where projects were coming from. I get a lot of referrals from engineers, contractors, and interior designers because the client will come to them first. Especially the interesting thing is a structural engineer because the structural engineer will get a call and they'll come out, well, we're going to tear open this wall and we need to know if we have a beam here. And and the next question from the engineer is like, well, do you have an architect? Okay, you need an architect. Here, call Larry, go. And so that's that's usually what ends up happening. But every once in a while, I'll get a call from the uh, from the client before they've talked to anybody else. And it, it's always... 
always a bit of sh- bit of a shock. And, and we love asking those initial questions of where did you hear about us from? Who who did you get my number from? Uh, primarily because as small business owners, we like figuring out what is what is working for us. Like how are we how are we find how is new work finding us? And it gives us a, a chance to to see what is working for us and, and what isn't and, and how to improve on that. Because I mean, honestly building out the right relationships with people is is key to our business strategy and you the client the potential client can can really help us understand and and see how things are how, how we're getting our business. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the biggest things for me is is just trying to figure out where things are coming from and and like I said to to, to sort of map it out and figure out oh well, this is coming here and this is coming there. It's, it was it was very eye opening and very interesting. But of course now that we have the the potential client in our hands and we're on the phone with them. The next part of that introduction really becomes about getting a sense of the general scope of the project, because a lot of times the referral will come in like, oh, so-and-so, I talked to so-and-so, and and they're doing an addition. Well, you know, that doesn't tell you a whole lot. (laughs) And so so you end up asking, you know, okay, okay, more specifically, what is it you want to do? Sometimes it's, you know, where's the house located? Because that will sometimes give you a feel for for what to expect, especially if it's in an area that you know has a historic designation or a conservation district designation. You know that that's going to be a challenge, perhaps. And so you you start to get a feel for that. And you also start to get a feel for the client themselves, because some some of them are very straightforward, very uh, cut right to the chase. And sometimes it's just chit-chat for a little bit, and then finally getting into what what's going on on with them. And and moving on into the into really getting to understand what the project's about, and that brings us to our last point with the, within the introductory conversation, which is it, when when you're talking with an architect for the first time, most architects are going to ask you the, the prospective client if you've worked with an architect before, because there's an entire other conversation that has to be had. If you haven't, and your answer will tell us at that point which conversation we need to have going forward. So, so if you have worked with an architect before, we can just go, dive straight into the deep end. We will just go straight off into time frame. We talk about fee, proposal, all that other good stuff. But if you haven't talked with an architect, then the very next thing to do and the next conversation that we're going to talk about is participating in the design process. And so the the next conversation then goes, well, you haven't talked with an architect before. Now we're going to talk about our process as an architect because every architect's process is I mean, we're, it's more or less the same, but it, it still differs between architects and you know some 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 people may give you like four different options initially and then we and then you can start whittling down ideas that you like versus don't like some people will start with bubble diagrams and and go a whole other route i i've i've seen i've seen the the lot of them but that but that also brings up the the next question is how involved <laughs> do do you the client want to be in the design process 
And this, this comes back to one of my favorite memes in architecture, which there, there's a little sign out front in a store window and it says, I designed the, uh, the, I, the, the architect designed the entire project and the cost is X. And then I design, but you watch over my shoulder X times 1.5. And then it go, and there's, there's a whole range of things. And at the very bottom, it says you design the entire project and it's X times 10 because. <laughs> Because the entire because if you if the the entire conversation is client driven, that especially if you don't have a client who's particularly well versed in construction, and sometimes even if even if they are familiar with, like it, it adds an a, an additional layer of complexity to the project that you wouldn't have to deal with if you the architects were were leading the conversation <laughs> so how involved do you want to be in the design process is is actually a very important question to have answered because that that's the time investment that your architects will will be taking into consideration when when when, when negotiating either a fee or a time table or, uh, or <laughs> just if they even want to, if they want to continue working with you as a, as a client, so there there's there's a lot to that question that needs to be thought out before working through a project with that architect. You're right because it does become about time. I mean, it, it is one of those things. I always talk with clients, and and the, they end up you know as we're talking about design process and we get into it that it's it's well. What kind of time frame are you on, and you know what's your expectation for time, and and are they in a hurry? Do they have a little more flexibility about when things are completed? But the other other conversation I have with them too is is we can. I typically tell them, you know, I I try to move as fast as we can, but a lot of that depends on you as a client because sometimes you're not in a hurry, so things may not take a hurry on my end, or you're asking, you know, again, you say it's that fee times X because they're overly involved in it and they're asking a ton of questions and suddenly I'm like, look, if you're, if you're good at making decisions and you can stick with it and you don't change your mind all the time, this can actually go pretty quickly. I mean, it can go fairly, fairly quickly. And so, so yeah, it's always that, that as we're talking about the design process, you know, okay, let's talk about time frame, Let's talk about what's realistic and let's talk about really your involvement because a lot of that, you, like you said, is going to come down to, you know, Okay, let's talk about fee. You know, let's talk about what that looks like. This is something that gets asked that I will ask sometimes. You know, it's like it's like the budget question. You know, you want to ask the budget question, and they may not know. But you don't always have to talk about fee during this this part of the conversation with the client. Um, and I would always always tell architects generally be cautious if that's the first question out of the gate. If that's the first question the client potential client wants to know is how much your fee is. That kind of says they may just be shopping around and kicking tires and trying to find the cheapest person. And that's a conversation that will typically end fairly quickly because there's typically never never anything good comes out of that. But if it sounds like this is going to be a good fit for you as an architect, this is something that, okay, a project you're interested in and you think you can work well with a client, then we're going to go to the proposal and meeting in person part where you actually set up a time to meet on the site. You're going to walk the project 
And at that point, you're talking with the, the client a little bit more about particulars. You're going to get a sense of what's really going to be happening and what their goals really, really are. And hopefully, it's going to be enough to, to enable you to write a proposal and write a project scope for that proposal. So you have a clearer picture. And, and, and any project scope in a proposal is never going to be 100%. There's nobody you're ever going to get everything in, but you can get a general sense of project scope and then go back and, and as an architect, you know, that's what your architect does. He, he sits down and he writes a proposal. He comes up with his fee structure and he's going to sit down with you and find a time to meet and review the proposal. Uh, typically what I end up doing is there's the first few sheets that kind of lay out scope, documents that are going to be provided, fee, uh, some miscellaneous items, and then the back end of the proposal is all the legalese that we want you to read through. It's it's very boring and very dry, but we always want the clients to read through all of that because that can get you in trouble, <laughs> get you in a little trouble if you're not paying attention. So, so yeah, I mean that's for for me that's the thing. It's just you know, you get to the end of this and you've you've talked design process, you've moved on to proposal and meeting in person, and now here we are, and and hopefully you're ready to go. And as a client, you're ready to move forward. And and we really can't stress this enough, but like actually read and then sign the proposal. And I, it, I, it sounds stupid when you say it like that, but I've had enough experience with clients who get their proposal. They may read it, and then they that what they'll do is they'll send it back in an email to you saying, sounds good, when do we start? And then I'll have to gently remind uh, them that they need to, to sign it and, and send me the, the, the initial retainer that, that we had previously negotiated. And, and that's how we'll get started. And then after you sign it, that's how I know that you read it and agreed to the terms laid out on it because... I, and and here's one example I had. I had a guy who who did exactly what I'm describing. He he sent me the he, I sent him the proposal. He sent it back attached in a different email saying sounds good, let's go. And I just I, I immediately just grabbed it, dropped it into my into my project folder and called it good just straight from from the email i just thought okay i he says he's good to go then we can get started and i got about three quarters of the way done with the project and then like we were we're wrapping things up and i was like oh okay i i'm gonna you know send you the invoice for the final amount and 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 then you 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 just electronic payment you send it back to me we're good. You get your drawings and, and, and we're done here. And he took forever getting back with me. And I was sitting here like, what, what was, I mean, and at this point I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's been a few, it, it was a while. Uh, I don't remember how long it was, but it was, it was a while before he finally got back to me. But during that time I was sitting there like, well, did I miss something? What what happened? Then I go back and I looked at his. Like, I I thought he might have just taken taken what I what we had d- worked on so far and just run. And then I looked at the contract that he sent me in the email, and he hadn't signed it. He he had sent it back to me unsigned, and I'm like, oh man, this that it was it was a blooper on my part. But read it and sign it, and then. <laughs> 
and that and then we can because the reading and signing means you understand the process that I have spelled out in the proposal that that's it's the basis of how I'm going to operate and expect you to operate with me and so it's it's really important but just read and sign it's funny that you have to actually tell people that though I, I, because I'm with you, I'm, I would expect that, that oh, they've got the contract. Oh, we're going to move forward. They've read it. They signed it. You know, my thing is like, I always tell them, you know, you've, you've, once you sign the contract, I'll send you the invoice for the retainer. Just get that paid and then we'll get moving forward. And that usually seems to work. But, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I don't know that I've always looked to make sure things are signed and I have to go back and check. But, but typically I, I, don't know that I've had somebody send something back that wasn't signed. And and the other thing too is is usually there's one or two questions. I, I you know when they've read the proposal um, before that ever comes back to me, usually there's one or two questions. And at that point, I know, okay, they've actually read this, and and so I'm feeling fairly confident confident that that even if I have to you know make a make a revision, I'm happy to make a revision. But I'm confident then that they've actually read it, and and so. When they do ask, okay, what's next? And we can talk about what's next. But we also get, there's, there's, you know, that's the basic of it. I mean, that's the basic, basic things that happen when you call an architect. But, but keep in mind, too, that there are other questions that we get asked. And so some of the more frequently asked questions, you know, we talk about in the, you know, as we're discussing design process, a lot of times they want to know how much time it's going to take to design the project. But the other question we get a lot is how long will construction take? And that's a tricky little bugger because it's harder to guess these days. I mean, we, we used, used to be, we could tell you, oh, you know, probably this type of project, three or four months or six months or eight months or whatever. But with the, with the, when the pandemic hit and there were shortages and, and supply chain issues, it became, you know, it's a big question mark. And, and still to this date, sometimes it's hard to say because you're doing exterior construction and you need new doors and windows. And that's a big question mark because suppliers can go in here from 12, 12 weeks to God, we've gone up to five months almost, I think on one project. I mean, it's, it just, it just depends on the supplier and, and where they are in the process. And so, so yeah, the, but that's, but that's a question that we get asked all the time. How long, how long will construction take? And we kind of have to guess and we have to guess with some caveats because it's so hard to tell these days. Well, and and a lot of times there will be design issues that sometimes need to get worked out along the construction process too, whether whether it be a client changes their mind midway through uh, the process or they ask, oh, well, can we add a couple more lights in or, or, or whatever? Like there, there's, there's decisions made in the process between design and construction that or, or even during construction that that may there's yeah you're right i guess there's just there's all kind there's all manner of of ways to to extend or shorten a construction timeline that that you just haven't considered but but and speaking of <laughs> things that haven't been considered after after the proposal is signed I have still, so, well, and, and this doesn't happen all the time, but it still will happen occasionally with, with some clients that the, they will just come up to me and ask, so what are the next steps? And I'm like, okay, um, the next steps are we, we can, well, I will met or we will measure the project. We will get, I, I'll answer it based on 
Well, you're answering it based on on the conversation you had initially. Sometimes it could be months between that conversation and signed proposal. So I'm, I'm not surprised you're getting it. I mean, I mean uh, you know, it's, it's, I still have that conversation. I mean, I still have that conversation when they come up. So, so don't feel like you're, you're special in that or, or, or maybe you're missing something in that way because you're not, because every client will, almost every client will ask what's next. Yeah. I just thought it would, might've been something that, that like, did I, did I miscommunicate? Did I leave something out? Like just me being a, a new business owner, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure this stuff out, but yeah, I, I'll, sometimes just what are the next steps? I, well, did I miss? I- <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally, totally understand that. Yeah, and then and and this is by far, and so our, our the on uh, next on our list of frequently asked questions is, so how how do you make payments? And you know, it, this one depends on who you work with because. Every architect and or, or even a, a design build company. I, I've I've done a little bit of contract work uh, recently with a design build company here in Dallas, and and they bill their clients every two weeks, and 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 they have a whole list of how that how breaking everything, itemizing everything down to the last fifteen minute increment by subcontractors and everything, but. Where most most architects, I feel like, are fairly flexible, and and they'll give you a range of options, and 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 it's usually like whenever you, it's it's like when you go to the doctor, you go to the doctor, you you get your checkup, and at the end of the checkup, you go to the counter, you 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 pay there, and you leave. Like we'll we'll have established pre, usually how I've done it lately is just pre-established meetings when certain design when certain design criteria are met and we meet, talk about them. And then at the end of it, like, okay, that that's, that will be those hard points in the proposal that, okay, we've signed off on the design of the project. Okay. We've just, we've signed off on the construction documents, like each hard point set forth in a proposal is a moment where the architect is going to expect you, the client to let's 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 do uh, an electronic payment let's let's write a check let's do like i said we're we're really not picky but the, the those hard points are, are are usually good moments in the project to take a breath reassess everything and well what do you know pay your architects <laughs> yeah i uh i i tend to bill monthly i i'm you know the the potential for Picking hard points in the process and saying, "Okay, we've completed DD. Here's what you owe us." I tend to to steer away from that because clients can drag things out extensively, and so it could be two months before the DD, you know, design development's complete. So I tend to tend to shy away from that and just build monthly. But the other thing too is, like you said, it's it's well, how do we pay you? Do you take a check? Is it credit card? What, what do we do? And and I always tell my clients, you know, I, I'm happy to take a suitcase full of unmarked bills if that's what it, <laughs> what it comes down to. I'm happy to do that. But but yeah, even I, uh, better because that's not taxable. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, and I think my accountant would have an issue. But but yeah, it's it's you know they want to know how do they pay because in some clients want to pay by credit card, and that's all they really want to do, and that's that's good for them and good for me. It's not a waiting for the check to come in the mail kind of thing. So so yeah, so so is that both sides? You know, when do we pay and and how do we pay? So the last question we actually 
actually want to share with you. And then we get this asked, asked a lot too, because like we said, not every client comes to us via referral from a contractor. And that question, of course, is, do you have a contractor that you work with? And, or do you have any contractors you can refer me to? Because that's something, you know, I mean, if it's a referral from the engineer, it's a referral from an interior designer, there's no contractor attached. And so they're going to want to know. And to most of us, most architects will, will typically have a list. And these are the people we'd like to work with. This, these are the people we've worked with in the past we thought were good. Here's who I think would be a good fit for your project. And, and of course, then send that information and say, please interview everybody because we want to make sure that you get the right fit. And and the same kind of question goes for interior designer that's that, you know, sometimes we will get asked that question. Is there an interior designer that can help with this project and help pick out finishes? And I can refer them to, you know, a couple of different people. So, so yeah, you know, those are, those are some of the questions we get asked and there's, there's a lot of others. If you're a client listening to this, please feel free to shoot us any of those questions and, and we'll be happy to answer them. As always, you know, you can reach me, Larry, at spotteddogarchitecture.com or on Instagram at, at spotteddogarch. Yeah, we, we, we promise there's no there's no stupid questions, especially being a first timer. Like everybody's everybody's got their own thing. And you can also, if like I said, like Larry said, if you're a first time client and you still have those questions, you can also reach me at Matthew at adding architecture. Or if you have a general podcast question, you can always hit us up at our website at architecturegeeks.com or on Instagram at archgeekspodcasts. Well, hopefully we've we've provided you with some useful information if you're a client or even if you're a, a new architect, young architect who's just getting started in the business. Maybe this will help help you as you're starting to to learn and grow your business. So anyway, I uh, hope everyone is doing well and we will be back in a couple of weeks with another podcast. I think, are we talking about parenting? Is this our parenting update the next podcast? Yes, this is, this is the next, next 23rd. We will be talking about parenting as architects. So <laughs> year four. <laughs> <laughs> year four, because the kids just turned four. Eek. Hard to believe. Yeah. But anyway, oh, hope you guys gosh. are doing well, and we will talk with you next time. Bye. Bye.